Hello and welcome to HGTV Obsessed, your podcast for all things HGTV. If you can't tell by my bubblier than usual voice, I'm so excited because today I have a guest co-host and what a guest co-host he is. He is the group senior vice president of development and production for HGTV and a dear friend of mine. You might remember him from one of our first episodes all about his show on Discovery Plus HGTV House Party. Welcome back to HGTV Obsessed, Lauren Rouge. Thank you, Marianne. I'm so excited to be here. This is truly a dream to get to talk about all my favorite stuff on HGTV with you. So it's the perfect combination. It is. And I mean, it's just so special for me. I mean, you guys, Lauren literally interviewed me for my very first job way back in the day at Scripps Networks, which is now Discovery. So it's just I really feel like we've come full circle. It was the most inappropriate interview because I liked Marianne so much that all we ended up talking about was food and travel and our love of home. But you know what? I think sometimes that's all you really need to hear when you hear someone's passion and their energy about something that they are obsessed with, no pun intended. You just know that they're the right person for the job. So I'm so excited that like, what is it, 13 years later, here we are. I know. I think I was trying to do the math. I think it's been, yeah, over 14 years. We're just still here. We're still here. (laughs) I guess I I forgot to introduce myself. I'm your host, Mary Ann Canada, executive producer and HGTV.com lifestyle expert. And obviously, I'm so excited to have Lauren on today because we are talking all about a brand new summer series on HGTV, Battle on the Beach. So today we're talking to two designers, Tanya Nyack and Mina Starziak-Hawk. We're talking all about the show. I feel like we're getting some real like behind the scenes scoop, some real tea about what goes on when the cameras turn off. So Lauren, I would love for you to just talk a little bit about how the show came about because it is quite an undertaking. It's a huge undertaking and it's a really fun show. Our viewers love a couple different things. They love Anything with a great, gigantic reveal. They love a good competition show and they love to see our HGTV stars. And so we combined all of them. And when you put it on the beach, it's the magic lining to make something even better. And so the way that the show came about is we really were thinking, how do we create the ultimate flipping competition on the beach that utilizes our biggest talent, but also shows up and coming competitors who want to be the next big talent. And so the way it works is we have three stars, Allison Victoria, Ty Pennington, and Tanya Nyack, that are the roles of mentors. And they each have a team of up and coming flippers that they are mentoring to teach them how to renovate identical beach houses, three beach houses that are exactly the same as each other. In each week, they do a different room of the house. They're judged by Mina Starziak-Hawk and by Mike Holmes. Ultimately, at the end of the competition, whichever home has the biggest increase in value is deemed the big winner. And it was just a blast. We, we shot it in Gulf Shores, Alabama, beachfront. The rest is history. It starts on July 11th, and it, it really is. It's a lot of fun. The show's great. It's so fun. It sounds like an absolute blast. And it's really, it's like the perfect summer watch. And listening to you talking to our guest today, it really made me like I had genuine envy like I wanted to be in on this party so let's start with our first guest interior designer mentor on battle on the beach and one of your best friends Lauren Tanya Nyack (laughs) 
Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Um, we're so excited to have you here. It's so perfect because Lauren is our co-host today. And I know you guys are super close friends. So I want to I want to start right off the bat. How did you guys meet? It's funny. Can I tell the story, Please. Tanya? Yes. So when I first started at HGTV, the very, very first show that I oversaw was called Design to Sell. And Tanya was one of the hosts. She was the designer on the show. And I got to go visit her for the shoot. Uh-huh. And we became instant friends. I swear to God, I feel like I've known you my entire life at this point, but I kind of have. I at think that was point, 12 have. or 13 years ago. It's so crazy. You know what, Lauren? It was longer than that, actually. I remember a time of meeting you actually before I even even oversaw your show. And this is kind of a funny story. Uh, Sabrina Soto and Tanya were guests at our facilities in Knoxville, and they used to have what were called ice cream socials. And so people, (laughs) people would wait in line and you get to meet the hosts of different shows. And then you'd pick up an ice cream afterwards. And at the end of the day, Tanya said, I felt so important. There were like 250 people and they all wanted to say hi to me. And then she said, and then I looked to the left and realized they just wanted their ice cream. (laughs) Let's be honest. It's a good life lesson. If you ever need an ego boost, surround yourself with free ice cream and everyone's going to love you. (laughs) And the masses will show up. (laughs) They will come. (laughs) This is amazing. Oh my gosh, Lauren, I forgot about the days of ice cream socials. Around the same time I met you as well, Marianne. This is like an awesome full circle moment to be with both of you right now. I mean, that's the sweetest thing. It's like, like this could just be a love fest, but we did bring you here for a reason. (laughs) You do have a new show out on HGTV. Um, It's our brand new competition series, Battle on the Beach. Such a fun show. I will tell you that being on the beach, you think, oh my God, this is going to be unbelievable dream show. But it presented challenges. We had hurricanes. As much as it sounds like a dream to be in the sand all day, the wind is whipping your hair back and forth. (laughs) There There were things about it, but it was so fun. So amazing. Oh no. I mean, I love the beach. I just just got back from the beach, but I would not be lining up to to shoot a show on the beach. The sand alone, sand plus cameras just seems like a bad idea. Sand found its way everywhere. <laughs> we get home at night and I'm like, oh, found some more sand. <laughs> I was going to say the show was really fun to create internally because we know that our HGTV viewers love the beach and we know that they love a competition, but we also wanted to have real stakes in the show. And we thought that the way of doing that would be to have experts in the field and we'll talk to Tanya a little bit more about your expertise in the real world outside of just HGTV but between Tanya and Ty and Allison they both they all brought such different elements of their real lives to this but they're all really competitive in their own ways and so to have them attached to teams it felt like we were going to have genuine stakes a real competition and a ton of laughs and that's exactly how the show turned out it is so much fun to watch but yet you're also slightly sweating as you're watching it because it's really nerve-wracking seeing how much they all care and how much work it takes to do a beach house and these were dilapidated beach houses they were not luxury literally like dilapidated they were rough (laughs) it's so true and the three of us ty allison and myself we didn't want to break any rules so as much as i was dying to see what was going on in Allison's house or Ty's house, we never crossed that boundary and we never 
peeked into another person's room. So it made it just as exciting for us. Are you sure? I Don't lie, Tanya, because I just watched two cuts of the show and one of them you're crawling on the floor snooping on someone as they're in an antique store and the other one as they're buying granite, you had your ear to the wall to see what they were purchasing. So don't lie to us here at HGTV Obsessed. I said at the house. <laughs> so it's semantics here because yeah, I just watched that cut too and as you're saying that, I was like, I literally watched you peering around the Listen, corner. I said the house and everything else was fair game. Stone yards, antique shops. I was the first one on the floor doing like the army shuffle <laughs> trying to listen in. It's so funny because oh they would do interviews with the other hosts afterwards and Allison was saying like, you got to watch after that Tanya because she is so nice but she seems to have her ears everywhere and it was really funny to watch because I think you guys genuinely wanted to one-up each other. You all wanted to win. You weren't in this just to quote-unquote do a television show. I think you really started to care about your teams and mentoring them and hopefully getting a win in the end. 100%. Like, we all fell in love with our teams and then also with the other teams, but in a more competitive, like, you know, your rival sister or your rival (laughs) brother (laughs) that you want to one-up. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting, too, because I mean, yes, a competition is fun and it's fun to like judge people's choices when they're doing a makeover. But you also were really focused on adding value to these homes. And if I've learned anything, I know that there are different elements that add value to a beach house versus a a not a non-coastal home. Can you give like some of those elements that that may really bring the value up in a beach house that wouldn't at home? For sure. You know, one thing, and these are, these are my tips. It could be different for Allison. It could be different for Ty, but personally speaking, I feel like whenever you have a view that should be the star. You know, everything should really be designed around like you're going on vacation. You're going there for a gorgeous waterfront view. So try to emphasize your design and not forget about that part of it. Like you can have everything be gorgeous on the inside, but don't forget about what's right outside the door. And also if it's people that are coming and going, so for anyone on a rental property that they want to fix up themselves, you you want to make it personal, but appeal to the masses. So a lot of times neutral, neutral tones are good to stick with, but add texture and add moments that create something that makes that person feel like it was really just for them, but really secretly it's for everybody. We've been talking lately on the podcast about, you know, investment properties. We, a few weeks ago, talked to Scott McGillivray from Vacation House Rules, for example. And I do feel like, especially after the year we've all had, people are itching to acquire a second home. You know, maybe it maybe it doubles as an investment property. Maybe it's a family vacation home. You know, people all have this itch, right? Do you have any advice for people who maybe want to dip their toe in the water, buy a buy a second home or an investment property? Well, for one thing, I think people have to make sure that it's comfortable and within their means. So if it is something you want to do, figure out if there's any stipulations to renting it out. For example, I have a property in Florida and I love it with all of my heart, but I can't rent it out unless I I can't do like a short-term rental. It has to be a long-term rental. So is that ever going to be a moneymaker for me? Not necessarily, but I'm, I'm in it because I love it. I go there all the time. I open it up to friends and family. And at the same time down the road, if I ever decide to sell it, then hopefully the value will increase. So I think that people have to really be sure what their mission is in terms of buying this 
extra property. Marianne, I have a friend who is a realtor in Palm Springs, and he was saying that one of the trends that is happening right now is people buying their second home first, because you could go to some of these areas that are not quite as expensive and get the place that will maybe one day be your retirement home. But you could live in it short term if you have flexibility in life in the times that we're in or live there short term and then move back to the city when you could afford something a little bit more. But it seems like a lot of people are taking that leap that may not have taken it a couple of years ago. That's brilliant. I like that theory. Yeah, you're so you're so right. And I know, Lauren, you're in New York and I have several friends in New York who have bought. They still rent in New York, but they have bought homes upstate. They bought homes in the Hudson River Valley because it's what they can afford right now. And it gives them a place to go and especially, you know, escape to. It's nice to get out of the city completely, (laughs) especially in the summer. I have to tell you guys, I just went to Montana and I stayed in a vacation (sighs) rental property and so much about if you are going to go that road of doing a, a rental property, having that super host sort of status and really paying attention to every little detail matters. Like you can't just have a rental property that you walk in and there's no dishwashing detergent or like, I know it sounds silly, but, but make sure that the sheets are really nice and the pillows are really nice and that you don't skimp on those details because it'll just up your, your, um, ability to rent it out more often. I was just talking to Brigan Jane, who's one of our designers. She's on a new show called The House My Wedding Bot, and she's worked on a lot of rental properties. And she said that more important than furniture or built-ins is the little stuff that makes someone feel special. And so she said it's things like having nice lotion or being able to advertise good pots and pans in the kitchen, or it's the little things that make you feel like you may have the luxuries that you either love from home or that are even a little bit more aspirational than what you would have at home so that it actually feels like it encapsulates vacation. And those things are not necessarily expensive, but they just go a long way in terms of making it feel special. Yeah. I feel like people are going to have less and less tolerance for that. You know, the classic rental kitchen that has like a weird whisk and like, all the knives are dull and, and you know, one towel like, in the bathroom or all well, that sort of stuff. It was yeah. especially true with this place because it was an hour away from any grocery store. So we had gone to the grocery store after getting off the, the plane. And by the time we got there, I was like, Oh my God, we forgot olive oil. Like how are we going to cook anything? And then we opened the cabinet and there was olive oil. And it was just like that, that little silly little thing was just a game changer. All right. I do want to get back to the show because we've talked a little bit about this, but you got to work with a lot of other HGTV stars for the show. We talked about Allison Victoria, Ty Pennington, Mina Starziak, who is also appearing on this episode, Mike Holmes. And and you mentioned you guys were kind of like remote out there in Alabama. What did you guys get into when you weren't filming or were you just showering off all the sand? No, no, no. We hung out so much. And Allison and I, I got to tell you, if we were there any longer, we would have gotten ourselves into so much trouble. (laughs) She's a troublemaker. Uh, Yeah, they pranked me. They pranked me. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, don't say they. I had nothing to do with it, Lauren. I had no idea. I had no idea. I still have a bone this to is... pick with you. <laughs> this is the real tea. How did they prank you, Lauren? Oh, Marion, you don't even know. This was legit. It's not real they. prank. They did not prank him. <laughs> Allison pranked got... him. I was a victim I... also. <laughs> Okay, so here's what happened. I got a phone call from Allison Victoria or a text saying, call me right now. So I legitimately thought that something may have not gone right. And she said, have you heard from Tanya? Do you know what's going on? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so she said, call me. I call her. 
And she said, Tanya went for a swim after a long day of shooting <gasps> and was bit by a shark. Okay. No. So I'm like, <laughs> he was in the middle of a pitch meeting too. It was like, he knew something was wrong. So he oh hung up the meeting just to call her. He dropped oh, everything. Yeah. I dropped oh, everything no. because I'm worried that Tanya was bit by a shark on set for battle on the beach. So I call Allison immediately. I said, are you at the hospital? What's going on? I sent a note to my boss, to the president of the network. I think Tanya was bit by a shark. So then <laughs> I call, <laughs> I call Allison and she answers the phone. She's like, hello. And I said, what is going on here? And I could hear her laughing and I heard Tanya in the background. And I said, you are such a jerk. I mean, I was cracking up. And so from that point on, I was like, payback is fair game. Something will happen to Alice and Victoria. Not to you, Tanya. You're safe, but she's going to hear it from me at some point. I will tell point. you, she called me later. She goes, guess what I just did? She was so proud of herself. <laughs> and I'm like, you did what? <laughs> and she did it to everybody. Like, not everybody, like a couple of the people in her close circle just to freak them out. But you were the, like, she tested it out before going to you because she wanted to, like, perfect it. So she's genuinely evil because she yeah. saw how it affected me and she still went on and did it to more people. No, no, she, That's did, it. Terrible. she did it to the people before you because she wanted oh, to perfect worse. it. Exactly. She wanted to make sure she could get her poker face down. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. Well, I think I even did research that there hadn't been like a shark bite in a hundred years or it was something. It was obviously she just made up something out of thin air and I literally fell hook, line and sinker for it. Well, she's so oh like straight faced about it. She was so like her text and the way she said it. I mean, what reason would you have to not believe her until she started giggling? Totally. Right? Like she <laughs> Can I change it? So, can I ask you push your button? I have a real question about the show because I've been curious about this. So the way that the show worked is the three mentors were, as we said, you, Ty Pennington, and Allison Victoria. But the two judges who yes. were judging your work were Mina Starziakok and Mike Holmes. Is it either uncomfortable, nerve wracking, or easier being judged by your contemporaries. How is the mindset when you're all part of the same family by day, but you're being judged by someone at night? Wow. That's a good question because I think that I was wondering the same thing of how that was going to feel going into it. Listen, Mike Holmes, it doesn't matter who he's around. He's always going to pick what's wrong. Right. So he is ultimate and, and he's a a couple years older than the rest of us. So I think there's like a level of respect that we all have for Mike and his, his career and everything. And Mina, obviously too, her work speaks for itself, but I feel like Mina was more about, she spoke to us more as a contemporary. And I think Mike was more of like, wore that judge cloak, <laughs> you know, but it was, um, it was a nice balance actually to have both both of them. And I don't think any of us took anything um, personally because it really was about the design and nothing they said was personal. And it was all really good feedback. It was, listen, I couldn't have gone to Allison or Ty to ask their feedback. And and all of us designers, we love to get each other's like, what do you think? You want to run something by them? And, you, and we couldn't in this instance. I think we were all kind of jonesing for some feedback. So it was really nice to hear it. Yeah, the judging was one of my favorite sections of the show. I know Marianne has seen cuts as well, and I like it because it's very respectful, but it's very honest. And I like that you guys even own up to the stuff. There were a couple, I don't want to give away specific scenes, but there were a couple either safety-related issues in certain spaces that had to be corrected after the fact. And you guys were like, 
I knew you were going to point that out. We have to deal with this. Like, it felt like a very frank and honest conversation. It wasn't just a judge and kind of mentee relationship. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, well, and the reality of this whole situation is this: these houses, it was exterior, interior, plumbing, kitchens, bathrooms, bedrooms, and all of the work had to be done within less than a four-week time frame. Think about any renovation that you would do. Just getting a house painted in, in a couple of weeks right. is almost impossible, let alone everything that was done, including ordering, ordering furniture, coming up with design plans, construction, electric. I mean, it was everything. So sure, things are going to slip through the cracks. That timeline and the budget was really intense. Yeah. I mean, I did a whole house renovation in six months and I thought that was fast. It is. Well, I think one of the other things that was interesting about the show was as the mentor, you were there to advise and you were there to help, but you couldn't make every decision because part of this was really training these up and coming flippers mm-hmm. to be able to do this on their own. So at times your hands were a little bit tied behind your back yeah. too. And I think that must have been nerve wracking if you saw decisions being made that might not have been exactly what you were anticipating. Well, we would be there for a big chunk of time and then we would leave and let them leave them to their vices. Right. So as much as all three of us wanted to believe that they were going to do exactly what we told them to do, we would show up and it wasn't always the case, but it also wasn't always wrong. Sometimes they made their own decisions and it was the right decision, you know, and I think all of our mentoring styles were very different. So Ty is very carpenter centric, you know, he's, he's a builder. And so for him, he was real hands-on for Allison. She was very much, uh, I need you to make your own decisions and stand by them and hold them accountable. And I am, am, uh, I'm a little bit of a handholder, you know? So for myself, it was very much like I'm, I'm with you guys and I'm going to I'm going to like help you pick this and help you. Like I maybe was a little too involved, you know, who knows? But I think all of us had our own unique styles. So that's what's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I was just going to say, that's what makes it so fun to watch because it's not just, you know, everybody's such pros, like everybody's having fun. There's a lot of good natured competition, but everybody has a different style. And everyone learns from everyone, regardless of how much experience you have, because one of my favorite moments, which you'll start seeing on HGTV soon in a sneak peek, we just we just looked at it today, was your team didn't want to spend $2,000 on a lamp. And they found basically a flower pot that they used this beautiful rope twining and it looked like a million bucks. I mean, it was incredible. And I get goosebumps. So I just- it literally looked like a piece of art that you would see at the museum and it cost them $70 total. And you were so impressed with them that it was almost like you went into the role of mentee and they were mentor. And it was a really sweet way of seeing that there was such respect for the work that everybody was doing. I totally agree. I learned, I did. You're so right, Lauren. I learned so much from them. And there was as much as I think I know it all, you know, even though I know I don't know it all, as much as I think I can be there as a mentor and guide, guide, guide. I mean, of course, I'm going to learn from them as well. And I think that's exactly what you said. There was such a respect for one another because they would do something that would wildly impress me. And then I would do something or make a suggestion that would wildly impress them. And then we just had this wonderful camaraderie. So it was, it was really awesome. I like the pairing. Like how, I mean, not the pairing, but how we all kind of pulled from a hat and how, you know, we all ended up with each other. It was just, I think it was kismet. That's what people always ask us at the network is how much handholding we do. And we really don't. I mean, this was a very, very authentic competition. The teams were assigned at random. The houses were assigned at random. It's all 
the, we have no idea who's going to win, obviously. I mean, this was all throw people into kind of a tinderbox on the beach and see where it turns out. And I think even as someone who works on the network side, it's so much fun. I didn't want to know who won this. I want to watch it as I'm making notes on cuts, because I think that's part of the fun is you want the story of the show to be unraveling in front of your eyes. And this one is a nail biter. I could tell you already. But wait, I have to tell you, there was another competition that was taking place behind the scenes that I almost wish we had another camera rolling. So we all had our trailers like next to each other. And obviously because of COVID too, like trying to keep everyone safe and healthy. And so Allison had gotten herself a juicer. And so she was making fresh juices for it, like little cute mason jars. She had a fancy little sign that said the AB juicery. She had music and candles and the whole thing going on in her juicery. And I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like this is, this is where the nice girl competitive person creeps in from underneath. Cause I'm like, nope, nope, nope. We're going to, we got to change this. So I got an espresso machine <laughs> And I had soy milk, almond milk, coconut milk, skim milk. I had whipped cream, almond milk, whipped cream. I had caramel and hot chocolate sauce. And I was, I became the TN coffee house, H-A-U-S. I had, I had the roots music playing on my little speaker. I had Adirondack chairs. I had my awning pulled forward (laughs) and it was just like, we had the war. So Allison would snub my coffee house, but then I'd see her hiding around the corner, sipping her big fancy latte with whipped cream and sprinkles and then i'd be knocking her juicery and i'd be like dying like can i get a carrot juice she's like yeah here you go (laughs) so it was just it was the behind the scenes was so funny and and just fun like we would have dance parties the show came about at such an important time production wise so it takes a while for us to put a show together as you know we have to go into what's called post and edit the show down. But this was one of the very first shows that we did once COVID started to balance out. And so they were truly in a bubble together. Everybody there was, it was the first time that many of them had seen each other or another person for that matter for the first time. And so the camaraderie, it almost felt like summer camp for you guys because the stories were just like, they couldn't hang out with each other enough, which is nice for us to hear that our on-camera family is genuinely a family. Like there is such a love of these designers for each other that I think it's fun for people to know that that's real and that's that's not something that's fabricated. You want to know the biggest shocker to me out of this whole thing? My, my one thing that I walked away with going, wow, I never would have guessed. You know, Mike Holmes is serious business, right? All serious business. You crank on some music and that guy will get down. He is a dancer. And so am I. So the two of us are just jamming. We have dance parties. And I mean, the guy loves to dance. Who knew? You put music and he is, it's not just a, like a little shuffle. He is getting down. I was, love that. Yeah. It was my favorite. One of my favorite. That's things. delightful. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm picturing these trailers and I'm like, we've got the coffee house one. We've got the juice bar. We've got the, the, cl- the club. Yeah. I want to go back. That sounds fun. It was. It was a pl- You should have. We were waiting for you, Lauren. 
Oh my God. This is so fun. I feel like I um, could sit here and listen to you guys like trade stories and this, this insight all day. Do you have any other tidbits you want to share with us or anything that we can maybe catch Mina off guard with? Because we're talking to her next. So, you know, now's your chance to to get something in. Oh my God, there's so much. I All I will tell you is that we just, we really, it's exactly what Lauren said. We were such a family, you know, and Ty also, Ty is just the loveliest. I mean, I Mike and Mina too. I mean, it was just such an unbelievable experience. I can't text Lauren enough to tell him how grateful I am. It can never convey in a text, Lauren, like how appreciative. It was just such, oh, it was just amazing. It's just so nice that after all these years, you still are so genuinely grateful and you guys had such a good time. And for us as the network, nothing makes us happier. I think people think that that sounds a little cheesy, but to know that you're still able to have fun. And what I say is we're telling stories and playing games for a living. And to be able to do that and to appreciate it is a really amazing thing. Tanya, before we go, I'd love for you to tell everyone where we can find you on social media and when and where we can watch Battle on the Beach because this is appointment television, you guys. Yes, I'm so excited. Okay, well, let's start with Battle on the Beach. Premieres July 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern on HGTV and Discovery+. Plus. And it is the first episode's a 90-minute special episode, which Lauren tells me will have you sitting at the edge of your seat. Of course, we don't get to see this <laughs> before it airs either. So Settle in. Like, grab yourself a drink and a snack because you are going to be at the edge of your seat the whole time. And it's a Sunday night night. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a perfect night for this. And then for me on social media, every single thing is my first and last name is one word, but the tricky part is spelling my first and last name. So it's Tanya, but it looks like Tania, T-A-N-I-Y-A. My last name is Nayak, like a kayak with an N. So N-A-Y-A-K. And that's Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, I'm not on TikTok. I can't do it. I can't get myself on TikTok yet. It's too much work. Listen, you got to, there's too many mouths to feed when it comes to social media. Thank you so much. This was so fun. It's so fun. I could just sit back and listen to you and Lauren chit chat. And definitely everybody, it's the perfect antidote to the Sunday scaries. Just like settle in watch Battle on the Beach. And yeah, I can't wait to see you. Oh, I'm so excited to meet you. Thank you for having me on. This was so fun. Lauren, I love seeing your face. I love seeing you too. I'm just so grateful that we had this chance to talk. And actually, it's probably the most that we've had to catch up on in a long time because our lives have all just been so crazy. So this is an awesome opportunity. So Marianne, thank you for the invite too. Please, my pleasure. Oh, man. Lauren, you and Tanya have entirely too much fun. Again, this this whole episode is about FOMO because I just want to like be be in on this party. You're gonna have to join but, us next time. I know I really am. I'm just gonna like sneak in. I can be I can make coffee. I, uh, you know, I can I don't know, restock Allison's juice bar because apparently... <laughs> Apparently, that's a big, a big undertaking. All right, Lauren, before we get into our next guest, I thought it would be fun to do a little rapid fire with you because you have you've worked for HGTV for so long. I feel like you are one of the most knowledgeable people at the network, just in terms of like the breadth of pitches you've gotten, the styles you've seen, the evolution of the channel. So thank you. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I think I've probably produced or overseen more home programming than almost maybe anyone in the world because I've been here for 15 years and there've been hundreds and hundreds of shows. It's just, it is kind of mind blowing to think about it that way. You know, my son Hugo is obsessed 
with the Guinness Book of World Records. So we should see if we can get you in there. Oh my God, I would die. Are you kidding? <laughs> All right, Lauren, are you ready? Are you ready for some rapid fire? What's the weirdest pitch you've ever gotten? I know there's some doozies. I mean, I never want to make fun of someone's pitches, but I did get a pitch once for an entire show based on unusual places for cats to sleep in your house. And I thought it was so specific. Like you have to really love cats and be really obsessed with cats and really care about where they sleep to do an entire show based on it. But I did think it was funny enough that I still remember it all these years later. I love that so much. I just feel like we should revisit that. Honestly, cat culture is it's thriving right now, right? All right. Beach house or mountain house? Beach house all the way. I think that lately I've just been craving the sound of water and seeing the beach and the yes. bright sun. And uh, I could just think about it forever. No, I'm so with you. I'm a beach. I'm just such a beach person in general. All right, Lauren, this is a funny one for me to ask you because you are you guys. Lauren is generally like the nicest friendliest, smiliest person I know. So I have to know, do you have any pet peeves? Pet peeves in the real world or in the design world? Oh, I don't know. You know, you tell me. Let's go design. You know, I think everybody has certain pet peeves in life. I tend to not be a kind of difficult person to get along with or someone that's easily annoyed. And in the design world, I don't like to have pet peeves because I always like my mind to be opened by what I'm seeing. A lot of times I'll think, oh, I don't like this type of countertop or it's not my favorite flooring. And then I'll see it done beautifully and it'll change my entire impression. And so I like to keep an open mind on the design front. Truly, it's not me getting out of this question. It's it's part of the fun of working here is you're constantly being exposed to things that you may not think are your cup of tea that turn out to be. No, I actually agree with you 100%. People will ask me, you know, what is your, what's your design style? What, like they want me to give them a, a like succinct, like traditional or mid-century modern. And I really don't like to pigeonhole my design style. I'd like to be open because to me, like that layered look is the most interesting anyway. And the most personal I, I think it has to be personal and you like different things for different places too. So if I'm going to Palm Springs, I want my aesthetic to be completely different than in a New York city apartment than in Knoxville, Tennessee. Like you live differently in different places. And so that's also part of the fun is reading your territory, feeling the area that you're in, what materials are local to that region. To me, it's all about customization and making it tell a story of some sort. Well, that leads us right into this next question. Cause you really sound like you have definitely picked up some interior design knowledge. Lauren, if you had your own HG, TV show, what would it be? I am absolutely the least talented hands-on person ever in the entire world. With 15 years of watching this, I still could not operate the most basic of tools. So if I was going to do a show, I think I'd call it Finishing Touches. I love styling a place. I can pick great colors and great materials, and I know what works well, but do not have me do any of the physical labor. And so I think that is probably the show that would appeal to me the most. I love that. That's all the fun stuff. You're like, let me go shopping. Let me like shopping. I'll get you your pillows and the paint colors and I'll make your bookshelves beautiful. But do not trust me to build the bookshelves. All right. I know this is like picking your favorite child, but I'm going to I'm going to make you answer this one. Personal favorite HGTV show, past or present. I will say my favorite HGTV show that I both worked on and watched was a very Brady renovation by far. It was a life changing experience for me. I loved watching it. I loved working on it. And I loved stepping in that house and feeling what it feels like to be your 10 year old self that's been transported back in time to a feeling that you haven't had as an adult for a very, very, very long time. And 
it's even now I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It was such a chill inducing and amazing experience for me. So I think by far that's my favorite. But as of recent, we just did an incredible work on Celebrity IOU with the Property Brothers. And we did this incredible backyard makeover for the Kardashians friend. I think it was the most beautiful makeover I've ever seen on the network as long as I've been here. So that was something I just watched as a viewer and was envious of just the sheer beauty that they were able to create in that space. Yes. So we had the Property Brothers on um, last week. They were on last week talking about that space. And I I have to agree with you. I've watched a lot of HGTV um, in my days, especially now that it is literally part of my job. And that is the most amazing outdoor makeover I have ever seen. Truly. And I don't, I use hyperbole a lot, but in this case, it's real. It was the most beautiful transformation of a backyard I've ever seen in 15 years of being here. It was incredible. It, truly unbelievable. So everybody listening, you should check that out. And I will point out if you're wondering, um, because the Brady renovation was a couple of years ago, but you can watch the whole thing on Discovery Plus. So we will make sure to drop that in the show notes as well. All right. And one last question, and then we're going to get to our next interview because it is a good one. What is your favorite part about working for HGTV? I love my job. And I always say my favorite part about working at HGTV is I'm never embarrassed to put my name in the credits of any show that I work on because I'm genuinely obsessed with HGTV content. In my very dark past, I worked on some dating shows and some shows that I'm not so like proud to put my name on just because it didn't suit me as a person. And I think at HGTV, yeah. I love design. I spent my entire childhood begging my parents to go to open houses on the weekend. I mean, what kid does that? Like this has <laughs> been in my blood and I in some ways lucked out that I ended up here career-wise, but I don't take it for granted because I just love the world of blue skies and happy endings. And who doesn't want to work in that type of world? Oh, man. Lauren, you're going to make me cry before before I start. Before the tears flow, we have another guest. Yes, exactly. Next up, we have the star of Good Bones and one of the judges of Battle on the Beach to chat about their behind the scenes hijinks and how she manages to balance, you know, her business and her shows and her family. So let's welcome Mina Starziak Hawk. Welcome to HGTV Obsessed. We're so excited to have you. I'm excited to finally be on. Thank you, guys. For those who don't know, Mina is an interior designer, the host of Good Bones, and now a judge on Battle on the Beach. We just chatted with Tanya and she said you guys had so much fun filming. I was honestly jealous that I didn't get to be there. Do you have any fun memories to share? The entire time I was there, it was it was so fun. I, I think Honestly, the show part, yeah, lots of fun there, but like all the personal stuff with them. I don't know if any of you follow any of us on Instagram, but I'm sure you saw some of like the epic karaoke battle in, I believe that was Allison's trailer because she not only had a karaoke machine, she also had a full juice bar, which was fantastic. She made fresh juice forever and every morning, um, but her and Ty just, I mean... It was it was absolutely amazing. And Tanya and I just sat there and watched and I peed my pants a little bit, just died laughing. It was so great. <laughs> well, you look fabulous in the show. I have to say, I've been watching cuts of the show and it's so much fun. And it's honestly fun seeing you in a position where you get to judge the work of your colleagues, because I think that must be both tricky, but also kind of fun at the same time. Yes. I mean, it is tricky. I haven't really been on that judge side before and trying to put aside like my personal taste 
is very similar to Allison's, I think. So I'm naturally drawn to those design styles. So having to kind of like expand it and be like, okay, this isn't what I would put in my house, but this is also amazing. I would vacation here. I would, you know, dine here. So it was, it was fun. Well, and it's not your first, it's not your first rodeo competing with Allison as well from, uh, no. from the first season of Rock the Block. I know there's a little uh, friendly competition between you guys. So I, oh, I bet it was fun sure. to turn, turn the tables and judge her for once. <laughs> well, I mean, fun and not going to lie, a little scary because Allison, she, we text quite often. I very much consider her like a, a pretty good friend at this point, but that works because she likes me. And if she doesn't like you, it's a very different story. So I'm like, oh God, I have to judge her. Like, I'm, is she going to hate me when we're done with this? I like that you love her and are slightly uh, afraid of her at the same time. That's like the perfect friendship. Yes, as, yes, as everyone should be. Love her and be appropriately afraid. You don't do anything that would make her want to not like you, which I don't think I do. So it's, we're good. She's just tough, man. She's a tough chick. And I admire that about her. It was really interesting, Mina, though, watching the show also because you and Mike Holmes, who was the other judge, have such different points of view that it was fun for me to watch because you were very into the aesthetics and the looks. And he is like all consumed with safety. And it made for really interesting judging because you had to figure out something that both of you agreed on as the winner. Was it hard to agree on who the winner was in each episode? It was tricky for the first day, just because Mike and I have never actually worked together. He judged, you know, my season of Rock the Block, but it was so quick. So figuring out like how each other work, it, it took a couple days. And then once we got the hang of it, then like I could joke with him and you would see him crack a little smile because he's a very <laughs> stoic, serious man most of the time. And it, it was interesting I, like, I don't think a lot of us like watch a lot of each other's shows just because we all work so much. We don't necessarily have time for TV. But anytime I would say something that sounded builder-like to him, he was like, oh, you know construction? I'm like, yes, Mike, I build homes. And I think he thought I was just a designer. So uh, there, it was, it, was, it was pretty funny anytime anything like that would come up. But he's definitely a challenging person to be the counterpoint to because he is very, uh, he's a very tough critic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it's true. You you are not that design is not an incredibly big challenge in and of itself, but you are this amazing renovator. You renovate homes with your mom on good bones. And and I mean, you take some some really dire, dire homes and and upgrade them. But you guys have very different personalities. You're like this t more type A planner. She's a little bit more of a creative dreamer. So I mean, how do you balance those and, and work together? Because I, I think that's probably served you well on each. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been much more challenging in the past because we were both owners of the business. And since she's retired from the business, I think it's helped a lot because when we were both having to try to make these decisions where we were coming from such different places, she's, you know, her husband's been retired for three years. She's not trying to build an empire and build a company. She's trying to like chill and do things she enjoys. Whereas me, on the other hand, like this is, I'm in my thirties. Like I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to build what I can. I'm going to, you know, have something to like show for, for my life other than my amazing family. And so coming at it from such different points of view created a lot of areas of disagreement. So now that she doesn't have to do any of the business stuff, and if she doesn't agree with a decision business-wise, like it doesn't affect her. So there's just, there's just less butting heads. Um, and that's really helped, I think. 
I thought one of the most fun things that I got to do with you was work on a very Brady renovation a couple of years ago. And I thought that what was so fun was you and your mom have such different approaches to things, which made it fun to watch. She would want to do like the arts and crafts project. And you were like, no, let's build the house. Yes, exactly. I'm like, ain't nobody got time for arts and crafts. <laughs> I got to build it first, then we can craft. And since we do have Lauren with us today, I this is just selfish. I love to hear the stories of you guys meeting for the first time. So how did you two meet? Like, Give me a little, a little behind the scenes. Background. I think that Mina and I actually met once at what we call the upfronts, which to everyone listening oh, yeah, to the yeah. show is just a chance where we bring some of our biggest stars out and you meet some of the advertisers and different people that are associated with the show. But I only met Mina and Karen for literally like two seconds in a step and a repeat wall. And I randomly took a photo <laughs> with her. But we really met when we were doing Brady and we ended up walking together over to the house from, we all stayed at the same hotel. We were all working at the same Brady house and they didn't want any cars on the street. So we walked together and I remember just taking a walk and bonding. And then from that point on, we worked multiple times on that show. It was, it was a labor of love, but it took yeah. a long time. So we spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really fun. I had a blast. I feel like, I don't know about you, but I, I, Thought you were lovely from the very start. I'm like, we're going to be friends. I said the same thing. I remember taking a walk with you. And it's weird when you don't really know someone, but you feel completely comfortable with them. And that's how I honestly felt. And yeah. so it was one of those like easy, breezy, nice, like friendships that just kind of happens. And I think when you were at, it was the Brady premiere um, is the first time I met Ty and he was with you at the restaurant. That's right. Yeah, we were at the same hotel. It's like the only place we ever went to for six months. Yeah. And we were having lunch with Ty. And then you came over. And I think Sabrina Soto came over. It was all types of people from my HGTV past that were all coming together. It was so much fun. Yeah. Well, and how many people get to say, oh, well, we met when we were renovating the Brady Bunch house. <laughs> not too many people. Yeah, not, okay, not six of us, because that's the only people that worked on it. <laughs> it's a pretty good, pretty good origin story. I would like to talk a little bit more about you know, your experience as a renovation expert and interior designer, what's the secret sauce? Like what is the secret sauce to becoming a successful home renovator? Because I know that people watch our shows because they're, they're so fun and they're so entertaining, but there's also a lot of real takeaway there. And I think there's so much that, that you can teach people. So, you know, how do you do it? How do you, how do you make it all happen, Mina? I mean, it's tough. Like, because I get, I get asked a lot, like, what's the first step I should take? Like, how did you do what you're doing? And I have a very non-traditional path into design and into construction. I don't have, you know, any formal training. I was never interested, you know, in high school or college in design or build. I just, uh, you know, had got a general good college education. And then when I graduated and I, and I bought a house that needed full renovation, that's when just by doing it, it kind of sparked this, this interest that grew. Um, and by no means, like my first house, the pictures have been lost forever purposefully, because if you saw it, you'd been like, oh, she was a, she's a designer. It was terrible. It had like Verde butterfly, which is hunter green granite countertops, these like ivory with glaze on them, cabinets and bronze hardware and espresso bamboo. It was just, it was horrible. <laughs> and that was my first house. And, you know, I've, I've done a hundred and, you know, maybe another dozen now. And the first 15 probably sucks. <laughs> and even now I just, I, I get better. Um, and I think um, build part, I 
have a, like a little corner of my brain. And I think it's because I was always good like at math and, you know, in that kind of problem solving is that when we have like our existing square foot, like I can, I can walk into a space and kind of just get a general idea of these are the different sizes of the different parts of a house, a bathroom, a living room, a kitchen, and I can fit them in this way, kind of like, you know, Tetris and, and figure it out, which I think a lot of people um, are way better at than me, but also have probably far more training. I think that you have another secret sauce that you might not even be aware of. I remember watching your very first pitch tape that came in about, gosh, what was it? Probably five years ago at this point when you were just wanting to be on the air for the first time. And you had such a passion for your community and for the homes that you were working on that I think that we all sense that you are doing this because it's something you genuinely love. It's not a job. It's your life. And I think that we all feel that when we watch Good Bones or just even talk to you that this is all it's almost like part of your soul at this point. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, whenever everyone gets sick of us and the show goes away, um, I'll go back to doing it at a a more manageable tick. But I, I can't imagine at this point doing anything else like any other field. And I think I got incredibly lucky or, you know, it was, it was fate or, you know, part of a a bigger plan that I ended up being able to find this at the age I was at when I started, which was, you know, right out of college. And a lot of people, I think it takes a lot longer time to figure out like what their passion is. And then once you find it, actually being able to make a living off of it, which I had not gotten to yet. I still was waiting tables full time and doing all the renovation stuff kind of on the side. So, and I didn't know if I was ever going to get to that point. So I I think I'm, I'm definitely part of that, like, small, lucky group. Well, I think it's so inspiring too. I even think it's inspiring to hear about those first houses that you, you know, you <laughs> don't really love how the design turned out. Cause I think it's important for people to know that even the pros, you know, you, you, you've got to start somewhere. You've got to, you learn from every job, you learn from every house and your, your skills just grow from there. So I actually think that's really inspiring. In addition to, you know, like you aren't busy enough, you've got good bones, you've got battle on the beach. You also have two small kids. So as a mom myself, I have to ask you, like, how has your work life balanced? How has that shifted since you've had two kids? And I mean, really just share your secrets. How are you juggling all of this? Well, and you know, the, this, the, that question, that conversation, I feel like has become something of you know, like a hot topic because my husband hears these interviews I do and he's like, no one asks me. I'm a full, full-time <laughs> working parent. And I'm like, I know, babe, I, I get it. Um, but that that is always, you know, part of my answer is Steve and I both worked full time. Neither of us really ever had the desire to be stay at home parents. Although he jokes about it a lot. He he might want to now, but you know, when we had Jack, we, uh, gosh, I think it was like when he was six months is when our, our nanny started that we found out. And I'd been looking probably since I was three months pregnant and she moved from this little town in Robinson and was an early childhood education major who just didn't want to teach yet. And she has been like the the most amazing thing. She's part of our family. She lives at the house. The, the kids love her. So she was, you know, with Jack from pretty early on um, and really makes it manageable to, to be able to, you know, keep working full time. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, my, my dad and my stepmom, because they adore Jack, they have him Sunday nights just because they want to hang out with him. They're starting to have Charlie. But I, I think there isn't a secret. It's just 
Like I, I lean on a lot of people because I am a workaholic and I like working, like getting things done actually de-stresses me because if they're kind of just floating out there, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a hot mess and probably unpleasant to be around. <laughs> so knowing that the kids are good helps a lot. There's not, not really much of a secret. Just the secret is that I don't do it by myself, which I think a lot of people kind of let that uh, mistruth hang out there in their world. And I don't know why, but no, not super mom. Just got lots of friends. Well, I mean, that that's super mom to me. And you know what? I'm making a note. I'm going to start asking all of the men that have kids how they do it all, because that's a really good point. <laughs> well, uh, there was some interview with one of the one of the big female TV stars. Uh, God, I can't even remember. And some and she was doing a, a, a live interview and they asked her and she was like, did you ask my male counterpart in the movie that did you ask him about his workout routine and how he stays in shape and like went on this tirade and I was like, oh, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, you just don't think about it. You slip slip right into to those stereotypes. It seems like as a business owner, you run your family has to be a little bit like running a business because you guys all have so many things going on at the same time. So it's just a matter of coordinating which family member and which day you're going to be which location. And I think once you get into that groove, it just becomes a bit of a dance, it feels like. Oh, for sure. I mean, even, even today. So I had to go get my... COVID test um, at the offices at 7.30. I had to be back home at 8.15 because I had to do a little Instagram post with two members of my team. And then Hannah starts at 8. Oh, and I worked out at 5.40. And then Charlie gets up at 8 with Hannah. I went and filled for an hour while I'm gone. I've got people setting up downstairs for another integration that we're filming. And, you know, and then Charlie gets up at noon. And it's just, yeah, it's it's Your life is in literally in 15-minute increments. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, planned to the second. Well, Mina, it's been so fun to talk to you. I just love hearing insight uh, into your life and all of the fun shows you're working on. Of course, love hearing uh, all the little tidbits that we get from from you and Lauren. If everyone wants to follow along with your busy life, where can we find you on social media? And where can we watch Battle on the Beach and Good Bones? Well, obviously on HGTV. Um, and I believe they're both going to be on Discovery Plus. If you want to follow me personally, which is a lot of babies and husband and, you know, armpit waxing and random things like that. <laughs> my personal Instagram is Minas underscore Starziak underscore Hawk. And then Two Chicks and a Hammer is just that. It's Two Chicks and a Hammer. And that's much more like the store and design heavy and some behind the scenes stuff from production. So so it's Tuesday nights at nine. All right. Thank you, Mina. Thanks, Mina. It was awesome All talking right. to you again. Good talking to you guys. HGTV has obviously so many talented people, but they're also such good people. Lauren, have you ever been surprised by how much you genuinely like our talent? Because I feel like you're good friends with so many of them. Genuinely good friends with so many of them. And I think it's been one of the great joys of this job is the people on our network are genuinely awesome, good people. And I truly think it's because they're so passionate about what they do that we're not working with someone who's in a position that doesn't make them happy. They're celebrating themselves. And we all kind of share that same joy for home. And so I've met some of my best lifelong friends that'll be with me long after I leave HGTV or they leave HGTV. It's been it's been one of the true great joys of this position. That's so sweet. It's so special. And it really comes through like you can tell there's so much joy there when you're working with them. I've gotten to interview so many people and I'm not really surprised by how much I like them. Like I know that in general, HGTV is not in the they're not hiring a bunch of villains. 
like everyone's really nice, but I, I am constantly just so charmed by everyone. I mean, just like Aaron and Ben Napier, I literally was like hanging on every word. Do you know what's interesting, Marianne? It's like on when we're looking for new talent, we watch a lot of sizzle tapes, which are just basically demo tapes for people that are designers or realtors or up and coming people. And one of the traits that we always say that we're looking for at HGTV is, is it someone that you'd want to go have dinner with or have drinks with? And I think that that is a commonality of our talent is they're great storytellers. They're kind people. And we're not looking for characters that are going to make you feel uncomfortable. We want people that you want to bring into your home. And so I think that's why you feel the warmth when you actually meet them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Really, what you see is what you get. It's so special. Lauren, I feel like I'm going to need you to just come back every couple of months and talk about your new favorite show on HGTV. And we could just continue to walk down memory lane. But I really just want to thank you today for being my co-host. Um, we have to do it again. I want you to have your moment to plug what you're doing and tell everyone where they can follow you along on social because you're doing a really fun thing on HGTV's Instagram on Wednesdays. I really am. So I'd love for you to all check out two things. One is HGTV House Party on Instagram, which we're doing on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's a chance to meet your favorite HGTV stars up close and personal with a couple of drinks and spilling lots of tea. Um, And then also check out HGTV House Party, which is our televised celebrity interview show, uh, myself and Brian Balthazar, which is on Discovery Plus. And that's called HGTV House Party. It is a good time. It's a good time. (laughs) My handles are all just my name. So they're at Lauren Roosh on Instagram or Facebook, L-O-R-E-N-R-U-C-H. Yep. And as usual, you can learn more about all of our guests and Lauren by checking out our show notes at hgtv.com slash podcast. I want to give a huge thanks to both Tanya Nyack and Mina Starziak-Hawk for joining us to chat about all things Battle on the Beach, which premieres with a special 90-minute episode this Sunday, July 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on HGTV and early each Sunday morning on Discovery+. Plus. And as usual, if you love today's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review HGTV Obsessed. Maybe if you've made it to the end of the podcast here, maybe you should pitch what kind of cat condo would you like to see on HGTV? I mean, guys, I feel like we should make this cat show happen. Don't forget to follow HGTV Obsessed wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and we will see you next Thursday. 